green pastures. I know you're picturing lush fields of belly deep alfalfa as far as the eye can see. Well, get that picture out of your mind. Instead, see clumps of green along the arid landscape of the Negev Desert in Israel. That's more the biblical reality. And that's what our heart is for our weekly Green Pastures devotions published by Vineyard Boise. Our hope is that each day you'll find a wee clump of green along the all-too-often arid landscape of life, just enough to sustain you, to keep you moving forward. Each daily devotion consists of four strands, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. May the Lord lead us together into the green pastures we need today to continue growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Green Pastures for Monday, February 13th. Din Newman. Today's scripture reading is found in Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 11 from the Message Translation, which reads, Jonah was furious. He lost his temper. He yelled at God. God, I knew it. When I was back home, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I ran off to Tarshish. I knew you were sheer grace and mercy, not easily angered, rich in love, and ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. So God, if you don't kill them, kill me. I'm better off dead. God said, what do you have to be angry about? But Jonah just left. He went out of the city to the east and sat down in a sulk. He put together a makeshift shelter of leafy branches and sat there in the shade to see what would happen to the city. God arranged for a broadleaf tree to spring up. It grew over Jonah to cool him off and get him out of his angry sulk. Jonah was pleased and enjoyed the shade. Life was looking up. But then God sent a worm. By dawn of the next day, the worm had bored into the shade tree and it withered away. The sun came up and God sent a hot, blistering wind from the east. The sun beat down on Jonah's head and he started to faint. He prayed to die. I'm better off dead. Then God said to Jonah, What right do you have to get angry about this shade tree? Jonah said, Plenty of right. It's made me angry enough to die. God said, What's this? How is it that you can change your feelings from pleasure to anger overnight about a mere shade tree that you did nothing to get? You neither planted it nor watered it. It grew up one night and died the next night. So why can't I likewise change what I feel about Nineveh from anger to pleasure? This big city of more than 120,000 childlike people who don't yet know right from wrong, to say nothing of all the innocent animals. This is God's Word. De Newman. It's actually from the French, so we don't pronounce the final T, though you might occasionally hear me say denouement. But we don't pronounce that final T, which is fitting since the Jonah story doesn't merely neglect to cross its final T, but leaves it out altogether. The denouement is the final part of a play, movie, or narrative in which the strands of the plot are drawn together and matters are explained or resolved, because we love our resolutions, don't we? It actually comes from a verb that means to unknot. In other words, it's where we wind up the story. So 
what do you call the final part of a story that doesn't unknot anything for us, but rather ties us up and leaves us hanging like Absalom from that tree? The last act of the Jonah story really doesn't resolve anything. Rather than winding things up, it just leaves us wound up alongside Jonah. Being wound up occasionally is actually a good thing, and I'll do my best to help you with that this week in these devotions. You're welcome. It's significant that the Jonah story doesn't end with a straightforward pronouncement, but more a pronouncement put in the form of a question. God's question, actually, which means, as per usual, God has the last word. With us left wondering just what was Jonah's ultimate response to God and to all of this? Did he get it? Did he himself repent? Did he return to the now repentant city wearing his own sackcloth alongside them? Did he go back home with that angry sulk for the rest of his days? Did he have one more go at finding the ever-elusive Tarshish? Is he still sitting up on that hill waiting for Nineveh's apocalypse? Well, we're going to have to fill in the rest of the story ourselves because this is where we run out of narrative road. But right now, our plan is to just sit with Jonah during his angry sulk on that windswept hill overlooking Nineveh. Sometimes that's the only option. Sometimes that's the only option we have when we find ourselves with someone in an angry sulk. Just sit with them, be with them as they unravel, hopefully, as they need to, without making it worse, which is what all of our efforts of trying to fix them usually accomplish. If we learn anything from this story, God can handle the make it worse for them part of it just fine without our help. All he needs is a hot sun, a dry wind, a rapidly growing plant, and a very, very voracious worm. So let's just sit back and let's see what he does and see just how much of ourselves we see in the angry, sulking prophet. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder. Having read through this fourth page of the Jonah story, what do you see? How do you sense the Lord nudging you, the Spirit summoning you, what do you see in Jonah's angry sulk? And how much of yourself do you see in it? What jumps out at you from this final page of the Jonah story? Lord, give me ears to hear this story of the prophet who ran, the God who chased him down with a storm, the sailors who displayed faith, compassion, and concern where we would expect none, the reluctant prophet who hid below deck and ultimately yielded himself to the waves and into the gullet of that great fish. Then, finding himself back on the shore, the divine summons repeated, a fresh opportunity to heed and follow and speak, from the bowels of the great fish to the bowels of the great city, and what that great city did with the message of the prophet who ran, to the angry sulk of that prophet when things didn't turn out as he thought, or rather when things turned out exactly as he thought. Yes, please let me hear your voice 
and learn the lessons you would teach in each line as this story unfolds. And through it, lead me to my own Nineveh and through the next angry sulk of my own. Through your mercies. <laughs>